Amen. Glory to God. Glad, glad to be here. Glad you all are here. Amen. Good to see you. Awesome. Praying for you every day. And for little baby Judah. Amen. The healed in Christ. In the name of Jesus. <clears throat> so, tonight we're um, on our series, continuing in our series on wealth and wellness. We've been talking about what God's Word says concerning being healthy and whole in our bodies. We are the healed in Christ, and that's what the Word says. And um, I was thinking about a couple things tonight, and, and I want you to, I want you to, to think this through. We've been, we've been um, talking from our foundational scripture, 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Um, and I... And, and I was thinking tonight, and I, and I want you to think about this. Um, m- many of you have been here for a long period of time. You've been coming to this church for a long time, and you've heard the word. And uh, that Third John verse two verse of Scripture, what it's saying is, is that. If you want things in your life to change, you change the way you think. And you'll never change the way you think if you don't get new information that's helping you process a change. Yes. You'll never change. Right. And many of you have heard this verse of Scripture and heard things that we've taught along this line for many, many years. But you know, faith comes from hearing and continuously hearing ongoing hearing and in the midst of the ongoing hearing the power that's in the seed of the word to make changes just happens you could have been coming for years and years and tonight you came again and you're going to hear the word and you could hear something if you really have an open heart and ears to hear you could hear something that would transform your whole life because that's the way it works. It's line upon line. It's precept upon precept. It's a here a little bit. It's a little bit more and a little bit more. And it's everything added together that begins to create revelation. But if we don't position ourselves to hear, and if we get dull of hearing in our hearing, and we, we get an attitude that I've heard that before kind of a thing, or I've, I, I, I know what that says in the scripture, it really doesn't matter what it says. It matters what's going on with that scripture or the knowledge of it on the inside of you. Is it going from knowledge to revelation or is it just staying lodged in your head? Yeah, I know that. I can make mental assent to that. I believe that is true, you know. I, I know that that's true, but are you actively activating what it is that you're hearing? And so tonight, my faith is out there for you to get some really great revelation on what we're going to talk about. Can you say amen? <clears throat> um, before I get into this, I, got, I, I have a quick announcement that you'll hear for the next few services. But on Sunday, June the 3rd at 7 o'clock in here, 
Um, we're going to have a, a, a meeting talking about missions, world missions. The word mission means several things, but three words that I've kind of picked out of the word missions um, is assignments, callings, and pursuits. <clears throat> and on June the 3rd, we're going to talk about what world missions looks like for Gates of the City and our investment and our part of that. If you're, if you're interested in it in any way, it doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily travel to places that we go or whatever, but, but there's a lot of different ways to be connected to world assignments and world callings and world pursuits. We want to be involved in what God's doing, not just in Kerr County, in Kerrville, Texas, but around the world. So on June the 3rd, what day is it? June 3rd, which is a Sunday. Mark your calendar if you're interested. If you're not interested, don't show up. If you're interested, come and hear what we have to say and what we're doing and some things we've been working on for probably the last two or two and a half years uh, are coming to fruition and we're excited about some new things ahead in, in, in our church body where world missions are concerned. Amen? So you'll, you'll see it. Um, uh, on the screen over the next few services until June the 3rd, so be thinking about it. Maybe you start praying about it now and you think, ah, I don't want to come, and maybe j by June 3rd you will. So, amen. So tonight, <clears throat> title of my message tonight is, <clears throat> what is it? <clears throat> oh, gosh. I wrote one word, and then I marked through it, and then I couldn't read what the next word I wrote. Healing is tied to what you say. Amen. Healing in your body is tied to what you say. Now, what, what we're talking about tonight is just what the Word talks about. I'm not giving you just my opinion on, on really anything. I, I'm giving you what... I believe God is saying in his word concerning being well, not, not, not just in trying to get well, but living well. I, I don't, I, I don't want to live my life always having to scramble to try to get well. I want to live well. Yes. Amen? I want to live long and strong, and to do that, you have to live well. Right. Amen? You have to, to live a well life in every area. And so we're going to look at a few verses of Scripture um, that kind of go with um, what we've been talking about, but we're just going to add to it a little bit. The verse we ended with last Wednesday night was Matthew 13 and verse 15. And it's a, it's a prophecy of Isaiah's, and it says, For the hearts of this people have grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts, and what? And turn lest they should understand with their hearts, as we've been talking about, 
Not just knowing something in your head, but having it revealed in your heart. And what happens? They turn so that I should heal them. This is a prophecy of Isaiah about today. It's a prophecy of Isaiah about the last 2,000 years plus. And the prophecy and what Isaiah was prophesying about is that, that people would come to a place where they became dull of hearing, they, they're not seeing clearly, that they're not allowing the word of God that was sent to heal them to transform the way that they, they think. But if they will turn, in other words, that word turn there means to change, if they will change their thinking and they'll allow information in their head to go to their heart and it become revelation then the healing that was paid for at Calvary for us will become a part of our life. God created us well. He didn't create us sick. We're not the sick trying to be well. We are the healed in Christ Jesus. And we're letting sickness and disease and anything that would say anything contrary to that, we're letting that know it has no right to operate in us. Now, there's always, there's always an argument to anything from the word preached. There's always an argument. There's always argument to say that something isn't a certain way because. Yeah, but you don't know about this situation. Well, I wasn't created to know about every situation. I was created and you were created to know what God's word says and act upon that word, but act on the word as it becomes revelation, as you're doing something with it. We're going to talk tonight about what that looks like. Because, you know, a lot of times through the years, I've had people come to me and and say things to me like, you know, yeah, but, you know, Pastor, you you know, you, you teach that, but I don't agree with it. My opinion is... And, and, and once someone says, my opinion is, my head just kind of tunes them out. Because I'm not even giving you my opinion. I'm, I'm just telling you what the Word says. If you don't have Scripture and verse on it, I can't preach it from this pulpit. See? And, and, and there's a hundred and one, thousand and one, ten thousand and one, a million and one different excuses for why in your natural mind, you would think that we're not the healed. That's just for some people. If God decides to do a miracle, God's already decided what he was going to do, and he wrote it in his word, and it's a settled thing, and it's settled forever. God's not going to ever do another thing for humanity. He's already done it all. Now what we're trying to do is get in a place where we get under the receiving end of what he's already done. And, And... To do that, to accomplish it, I have to believe the word, not just make mental assent to the word. The only difference in the Bible and the Webster's Dictionary is the Bible has the potential to produce life and the Webster's doesn't. See, the Bible is life, but there's a lot of death in people's homes and Bibles sit on, on, up on, you know, uh, bookshelves. And it sits in in a house, and just because 
the Bible sits in the house doesn't mean it transforms the house. It has to get out of the pages of the book and become revelation to me. I have to believe in it, right? I've been, I've been studying, I just on purpose, I've been studying the life of um, Bill Gates. I just wanted to, I, I just decided to get some books and read some things and do some research on his life and find out what the richest man in the world, how that man ticks, or one of them, you know, one of the top three or four or whatever. They pass each other. One goes from 91 billion to 101 billion, and then somebody else goes to 105 billion, and then somebody gives uh, 40 billion away, and then it only takes them a year, and they they gain that 40 billion and bypass it to 50 billion, and, and on all, you know, on and on and on, and and so they 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 play around with it. But one of the wealthiest men in the world, I want to know why the guy ticks, you know, what what, what why what what's what's different in that guy versus me or someone else that's not worth billions of dollars just in the natural realm, you know? I, I want to know why the, I, I want to know what makes him operate and tick. And <clears throat> the more that I've studied about his life, I've found things out. Well, it's the same thing with God and his word. If I want information about health and healing, I've got to not just study it, but learn to understand it right? God wants you and I not just to study the Word, but He wants us to understand why we are according to what He says we are. Can you say amen to that? So, let's look at James chapter 3. And verse 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers or instructors, knowing that we will receive a stricter judgment. That's not really what I'm going to talk about, but but think about this. You know, being a teacher or a leader is not about being a big shot. It's about being responsible. There's a stricter judgment to people that teach the word. That's what he's talking about, people that teach the word. Because if I don't teach you the truth, it's on me. If I don't teach the truth, then there's a stricter judgment that's there. So don't want, you don't want to, it's not about being a big shot or being, you know, the one out in front and the one that people looks at, you know. A lot of times, leaders want to hide. You know, they don't want the spotlight or to get out. But, but what he's talking about here is, is don't many desire it because there's a huge responsibility on somebody that teaches the word to teach the truth. Not just teach your opinion and what you think, but to know that what you're teaching will liberate and set people's lives free. Amen? Anyway, that was just free. For we all stumble in many things, but if anyone does not stumble in word... He is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. God wants your whole body to be well. Amen? Amen. Um, Let's read this in the Amplified. If you can put the Amplified up on the screen so they can follow with me on verse 2. He says, 
For we all, stum- we all often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, look what it says in parentheses right there, never says the wrong things. He is a fully developed character and a perfect man, that word perfect there is mature, developed, able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. How do you accomplish all that? By believing that what you say out of your mouth affects so many other things. I just tell you right now, most people don't believe that what they say really matters. Or they wouldn't say what some of the things that they say. Allow certain things to come out of their mouth. People want to be well. I'm telling you tonight that, that wellness in the physical body is tied to what you say. Actually, it's where it begins. Because we were created to call things that be not as though they were. Is there, is there actual power in what we say to change cer- certain circumstances? Yes. All the reports I've been getting about little Judah, I have a list of things that I've gotten from the family that they're speaking over the baby, and that's what I'm saying, and we're in agreement. And God sent his word, and he healed us, Amen. right? See, see, if you let your mind get involved in something like that, your mind starts playing games on you and getting you to debt. No, 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 wait. The Bible says that the word is true, and it works no matter what. I don't care what the circumstances are like. I don't care what the history is and what led up to any, anything and everything that happens. If you let your mind get involved in it, you're going to find yourself in an ugly place. Yeah. Yeah. Because when doubt and unbelief sets in, and it keeps control, then there's no... then there's there's no control over what you say. A person that never says the wrong thing, that's what we're shooting towards. I've been writing down, you know, I'll I'll do little things like this where I will, I'll take like a week and every day during the week, I'll write down how many times I have to catch myself from saying something that I shouldn't say, saying something about someone else, how many times I have to catch myself, and I write down how many times that I had to repent for saying something I shouldn't have said. And after all these years, I've been born again for over 40 years. And you'd think I'd have a whole week where I never said the wrong thing. I still catch myself, but I'm getting better and I'm getting better, and I'm getting more developed, and I'm more confident, and I believe the word more than I ever have before, and I'm getting greater results because of what I believe and what I say, and I will, I will, for the rest of my life, become that man of character where I never say the wrong thing. That's my goal. That's my goal. That's, That's what I'm shooting toward. And listen, it's not in your own strength to become that. It's your confidence in the Holy Spirit to put a watch over your mouth and to remind you of things and to help change the way you see things and how you see other people. Yeah. Greatest, one of the greatest revelations I've ever got is people are not my enemy. Right. I wrestle not with flesh and blood, but it's principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. It's the enemy who's the real enemy 
that is the devil who's the enemy, his name is the enemy, he's the enemy. Not your next door neighbor, not some person at work, not somebody at church, not, not somebody here, there, not, they're not your, listen, listen, the devil needs you to say a bunch of negative things all the time. But on the other side over here, God needs you to say and speak his word and be positive all the time because over here, he'll die out and he won't accomplish anything if you never say the wrong thing. If you never say the wrong thing, then the enemy is free from any control over your life. And God needs you to develop that over here so this guy can't win. Hmm? Listen, it's not three strikes and you're out. We get to go to bat until we win. Tonight, there may be something that I say that causes you to win in a certain area of your life because of the word that's being preached. And, and, and with with a, with, with a word that becomes revelation that changes your life forever in a moment, that word will become another word and another word. They'll come another time because the more you see happen in your life, the more expectation you have for more. I don't want to just be content with where I'm at or what I have. I want more. How many want more tonight? God wants you to have more, and it starts and begins with what you say and believing that what you say and what comes out of your mouth determines your future. It really does. We'll look at a few verses along that line in just a second. Verse 3. If we set bits in horses' mouth to make them obey us, we can turn their whole bodies about. Likewise, Look at the ships, so they're so great and are driven by rough winds. They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the impulse of the helmsman determines. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it can boast of great things. See how much wood or how great a fire a tiny spark can set ablaze. And the tongue is a fire, the tongue is a world of wickedness set among our members contaminating and depriving the whole body and setting on fire uh, and setting on fire the wheel of birth the cycle of men's nature being itself ignited by hell itself for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea animal can be tamed and has been tamed by human nature but the human tongue can be tamed by no man it is a restless it is a restless, undisciplined, irreconcilable evil full of deadly poison. Man, that was a lot said. So I want you to think about a couple things here tonight as we're talking and discussing about being well. And that wellness and wholeness in our life begins with what we say. He said that he compared the tongue to the bit in a horse's mouth, the rudder in a ship that directs it, a fire in a forest. He's comparing the tongue to somebody standing in a forest thinking nothing's going to happen by striking a match and, and, it's, 
and it's a dry forest like nothing's really going to happen. Oh, I'll just put it out. Oh, I'll just say one ugly thing. Oh, I'll just do this or do that. Maybe if you said something a couple of times, but if you say something a couple of times and you're not renewing your mind to make changes, you're not going to just say it a couple of times. It's like eating a Lay's potato chip. You can't just eat one. You can't just say one ugly thing. No, it's got to keep coming unless you're working on it and doing something with it. And what you're saying in the same way that a bit in a horse's mouth controls the direction, the, 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 the rudder on a ship is controlling the direction, little bitty piece compared to the huge massive ship, it's controlling the direction that it goes. What you say controls the direction of your life. That's what he's saying right here. And he said, no man can tame the tongue. And as I was reading through that a number of different times, I was looking at it and I, th- and, and, and I got to thinking, you know, what he's really talking about there is that I can't tame your tongue. No, no one person can tame another person's tongue. It's up to you. Yeah. It's up to you. It's up to you whether you tame and control what you say. Nobody else can do that. You can't blame other people for the direction of your life. Listen, every one of us, whether we we were knowing or not, the direction of our life starts with what we say out of our mouths. Most people that I know, most people outside of, of the church world that I'm connected with, don't believe what I'm saying, most people. They don't believe that what you say controls the direction of your life. But if we're going to put Scripture on it like we're reading right here, if we're going to look at Scripture and let Scripture answer these kinds of things for us, then we find that the tongue is everything. That what we say is everything. What comes out of my mouth is everything. You know, you can wake up in the morning and you can not feel well and you can decide to allow your day to move in the direction of how you feel. Man, I just woke up this morning and I'm tired. I don't feel like going to work. Man, my my side hurts. My big toe hurts. You know, and I, man, I I just don't want to do this today and I'm fed up with it. You don't think that that's directing your day? Versus waking up, not denying the fact that you're not, that you're tired, that your side hurts, you got an ingrown toenail in your big toe, you know? You're, You're deciding and choosing and saying out of your mouth, you know what? I don't care what my toe feels like and you're, you're hobbling like this and kind of holding your side. Father, I thank you that this is the day that you have made and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And no matter what I feel like, and I've felt tired, I'm beginning to realize that my mouth is creating strength because the word quickens my mortal body. It causes strength to come to my mortal body. If we don't put those kind of things to work and we don't practice that, you'll never be convinced that it'll actually do that. Right. 
God wants us to be well, but it starts with what we say. It starts with what comes out of our mouth. And it starts every single morning, the moment that your eyelids open and you're aware that life is fixing to happen that day. That's where it starts, right then. And and if you choose to allow negative thoughts, maybe you had a bad dream. Anybody ever had a bad dream? You wake up, feel like you've been run over by a truck, right? I mean, just, I mean, just like, man, it was like so real, and you thought you were there, and your, your heart's pounding out of your chest, you know, and you're thinking, oh my gosh. What are you going to do? You're going to give in to that and let that dictate? You're going to be like the ship that's going to run the ship? You know, the, 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 allow the rudder to take the ship and run it ashore or something? You're going to run it over here? You're going to allow yourself to strike a match in a dry forest and just cause things to ignite and burn down and, and cause great destruction to come? Or are you going to do something with your mouth? Listen, because your life is not just about you. If you, if you haven't come into that revelation yet, I'm telling you, your life is not just about you. There's all kinds of people that are affected by your life. And how will other people know what it's like to be strong and on top even when you feel like you want to live under? How will people know how to do that if there's not examples out there of people that are choosing to make those choices every day? Right. In the last 40 years of my life on planet Earth, in that 40 years of being born again, there's a lot of different times in there where I didn't feel like doing a lot of things. But today, if someone was to ask me, <clears throat> so how are things going? I was talking to my father today, my earthly father. I was talking to him on the telephone. And he was saying, so, so how are you doing? I mean, what am I going to say? Well, you know, uh, it's all right. Yeah. I mean, what a selfish response. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm saying it because I've done it, okay? Because I want someone, well, you know, I want my daddy to feel for me, and I don't feel real well today, and I've had a rough week, and I'm just going to kind of act like, you know, no. No, it's a great day. And you know what? The moment you say that, it gets better. I mean, the moment you say, someone asks you, how's it going? Man, awesome. Awesome day. Just a, it's a great day. Things are going really, really well. And, and you know what? You don't, have, you don't have to stop and think about 15 things that you could talk about that are not going well. You don't have to stop and do that. You're calling those things which be not as though they were. According to Romans chapter 4, I'm calling those things which be not as though that's the way they are. So when I don't feel that way, I'm declaring I am that way. And he said, if you start declaring that you're that way because he said you're that way, then you'll become that way. Yeah. God wants us to be that way and live that way. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> the question is this. How, how important is this? How important is this? Look at, um, look at Proverbs 
chapter 18. Proverbs 18. And verse 21. Death and life are in the power of God. No. Death and life are in the power of the devil. No. Uh, Let's see. Death and life are in the power of the Holy Spirit. No. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will eat the fruit of it, either death or life, whatever you love. Can you say amen to that? Whatever we love is what we'll eat the fruit of, we'll be on the receiving end of. So, how important is it? It's a life and death matter. It's life and death. It's life and death for you and I on a day-to-day basis. And it's not death It's not just death like ceasing to exist, but it's death and destruction. And it all begins with what I say. Death and life, this death and life, this life and death matter is in the power of what I say. And when I choose every day to speak and declare what God's Word says, about me, about other people. Listen, again, you know, confessions over yourself every day. I speak them over myself personally every day. That's good. But if you stop there, then, then you, you're not fulfilling the plan of God. The plan of God is that I'm that way, but that I declare things over other people so that they become that way. Right. You, you, listen, you don't, have, you don't have the power and authority over another person's life like you have over yourself but you have power and authority over other people, and I'll just say this, I'm not going to sit there and reason in my mind and say, well, I don't have much power and authority over them because it's, it's their choice or whatever. No, I'm going to speak the word anyway, and I'm going to take anything and everything that we can get where that's concerned. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's people's choices and the choices that they make and what they choose to do. How are they going to make right choices if they have no revelation? And how are they going to get revelation if there's not people that are rising up and becoming the people I'm talking about right here that literally believe that what we say is going to come to pass. I have to be, you have to be a person that believes that we have what we say. You remember when when Jesus Actually, let's look at that real quick. If you could put up for me Mark 11 and verse 23. 
This is a verse of scripture that we've read many times for years and years, but I'm believing you're going to get a revelation from just something I say right now in the name of Jesus. It's going to come to you. Jesus had, Jesus had cursed a fig tree with his disciples, and nothing happened when he cursed it. They went into town. They came back out of town. They didn't say anything about it. They went past it. Next morning, they, they get up and they go past it again back into town, and it's dried up from the roots. Took a little time to happen. And they all freaked out. Look, 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 look what happened. And in verse 22, Jesus said to them, have faith in God or have faith like God. And this is how you do it. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, fig tree, cancer, this situation, that situation, be removed and cast into the sea, watch, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done or will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. For you and I to have what we say, we have to believe that what we're saying is what God says is so. It's not me just saying whatever I want to say. It's me declaring something in the moment that God says is so. And when I say it's so because he said it's so, then all of heaven backs up what I say. And the more I say that and the more I develop that, it becomes a belief system. It becomes revelation to me and I get stronger and stronger and stronger. You know what the greatest enemy towards those things actually developing and increasing in your life? Are all the things that didn't work. Well, you know, Pastor, I tried that. Well, good. So keep doing it. It's not trying it that works. It's doing it out of a belief system that you've developed because you've been determined, I'm staying with this way of thinking until it becomes a part of me. How many people <clears throat> left high school and went to college? <clears throat> How many people went to college the first day and graduated the next week? None of us. It's a process right? It's a process. You don't get, a, you don't hear a teaching, you don't get, re, you don't get knowledge of something and it turn into revelation 15 minutes later because you have to develop a belief system that it really works. What I'm telling you tonight, the enemy wants you to take what I'm saying tonight and step on it and, and, and crush it and give it no place in your life to where you develop it so that you keep speaking the way you're continuing to speak if you're speaking negatively, and, and that's what he needs from you so that his kingdom can continue on the earth when actually, through the blood of Jesus, he was defeated. Amen. And the way he stays strong in the earth is people that don't choose to believe that this is a life and death situation. It's life and death. Death and life are in the power of what you say. And until you change the way you say, nothing in your life will change. Not God's way. I mean, you can go change something. You can go make a change. You can go move or go do something else. But I'm talking about changing internally. 
The man that never says the wrong thing is the man who is developing his character no matter what and not letting all of his past mistakes trying to dictate to where he's going. You know what the best way to deal with your mistakes is? I made a mistake. Father, I repent and show me how to not make another mistake. And let that be a confession in your life every day. Father, I made a mistake. But show me how to walk free day by day. I'm not talking about making a confession every day that you made a mistake. I'm talking about once or twice acknowledging to God, you know what, I I, I screwed up. I missed it. I shouldn't have done what I did. But now, Father, I thank you every day that your wisdom and your revelation, the knowledge of your word, is overtaking me and teaching me how to walk free from the things that want to hold me down and keep me, in, keep me down and under instead of me being lifted high and, and being above the circumstances and the situations that I face. Amen? <clears throat> but whatever you say, is the way it will be in your life. Whatever you say. Whatever you say is the way it will be in your life. I mean, I could, I could, I could hold a gun to Josh's head and tell him, okay, Josh, I don't want you saying any ugly thing, not anything. So I'm holding this. If, if you say one negative thing, I'm pulling the trigger. Well, that's kind of graphic, right? Well, it's a life and death situation. But you know what? As soon as I pull that gun away and I walk away, if Josh has it in his heart to say those negative things, he's going to say it. It doesn't matter. See, you, no man can tame another man's tongue. Yeah. Only you can do it. Right. Only you can change your destiny and your future and where you're going based on the things that you say. I mean, that's not the whole package. But if we don't get this right here, none of the rest of it matters. You know why? Because our words continue to sabotage our life and where we're at. God made us well. And he created us to be well. And to live on top and not underneath circumstances and pressure and different things. And when difficult things come, when there's life-threatening situations or stuff that we're faced with in life, that the word works. It works. Listen to me. It's life and death. It's life and death. I mean, you know, I mean, I I don't know any other way to say it. I mean, I'm saying that as nice as I can, you know, but it's life and death. This is the Bible. It's not an iPad. It's the Bible. But here lies the answer to every marital issue. Here lies the answer to every sickness, every disease, all lack and poverty in life because the scripture tells us that Jesus took all that on him so that we could be free. So he did all that, but 
information through the years is trying to keep you and I in bondage and rob us from believing we have a right to receive what he did for us. Well, Pastor, I know, but, but this is a really difficult one right here. What, what, what's too difficult for God? Jesus died one time for all men, for all situations. And if he died for my salvation, then he died for my healing, or he didn't die at all. The stripes on his back were for our healing, mm-hmm. to be delivered physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in every way that we would be delivered and set free. Can you say amen tonight? Amen. Say this after me. I am, I am the, healed the healed in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Tonight, tonight, I know, I know that, God that God sent his word and he healed me he healed. and delivered me from all destruction. God liberated us and He set us free today in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen to that?